Grace, mercy, and peace unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus tells the Pharisees to learn what Hosea 6.6, the last verse of our Old Testament reading, he tells them to go learn what this means. For I desire mercy and not sacrifice. And Jesus tells this to them to humble them after they had failed to recognize the repentance of the tax collectors and sinners that Jesus was eating at the table with. As we know, repentance has two parts. First, contrition over sin, that is, sorrow over sin, and faith in believing that sin is forgiven in Christ Jesus. Having someone who was seeing in the eyes of men as someone who was righteous, eating with someone who was seen as a sinner, that is, someone who was not righteous, Something like that just didn't happen. It was not allowed, and it was perceived negatively. Everyone stuck around in their own little clique or group, and they did not reach out beyond that group. The lesson for I desire mercy and not sacrifice is one that still we need to return to time and again, because Jesus is not just teaching a mere tolerance, right? He's not teaching that sin doesn't matter. But he is teaching that where there is repentance, there's faith. And there's no need to hold over the head the sins of the sinner. When sin is repented of, it is our duty to forgive and reconcile with our neighbor, bearing with fruits of repentance. Jesus is not saying that if one repents, then we ought to shake the naughty finger at them. Rather, we are to extend the hand and embrace and reconciliation. After all, tax collectors like Matthew, who were ethnically Jewish, in order to make a living, stole from their countrymen and gave a portion of that money to the Roman Empire, and this gave them the reputation as being the scum of the earth. It is as if your friends and neighbors your fellow countrymen were to, text, were to take taxes from you and to send the money, a portion of that money, to the enemy of this nation. It was seen as a betrayal of not only the nation, but it was seen as a betrayal of even worshiping God and engaging in something that was just a little less than that of idolatry. And you've got to notice here that the tax collectors are signaled out among the sinners and having their own category. And it was to the tax collector who Jesus called by the name of Matthew that Jesus approaches and says, follow me. Jesus gives Matthew the command to, have, to leave everything that he knew behind and begin walking and treading a new path. He was to leave the ways that he knew and to begin to follow Jesus, trusting that Jesus was going to lead him in a better way. In Jesus' command to follow him, he invites Matthew to repent. It is likely that Jesus is also eating with other tax collectors too, since tax collectors is plural, right? He's not just eating with Matthew. Everyone 
Matthew very well could have asked his uh, uh, fellow tax collector friends to join them for dinner as well, right? Everyone was invited to repent of their sins and leave everything behind to follow Jesus. But to Matthew, there was a special invitation for Jesus to be his rabbi. To Matthew, there was a special invitation that he was to be a disciple of Jesus. And perhaps at this meal, Matthew is showing to his tax collector friends as to where he's going to go in leaving the tax booth and showing them Jesus in the way that he was about to go and follow him. Perhaps that's the reason why this group of tax collectors and sinners was as sizable as it was. Now perhaps we easily can see ourselves as the ones who are outcast like the tax tax collectors and sinners. You know your sin, and Jesus has the invitation to you to follow him, and you immediately get up and go to confess your sins before him as you did today, and partake in the meal that he provides at his table, which provides the forgiveness of sins in the Lord's Supper. But there are many other times when we, when we may feel as though we may align more with the Pharisees as they look on the collection at the table of sinners and tax collectors. You see, the sin of the Pharisees was different than that of the sins of the tax collectors and the sinners that they pointed out. Jesus points out to the Pharisees that their sin was self-righteousness. They felt that they had no need for Jesus. They did not want to follow Jesus in repentance, but ultimately followed him to seek and to trap him and put him to death. They sought to humiliate Jesus and make him irrelevant because he was eating and partaking in fellowship with sinners. And they even tried to plant this seed of doubt among the disciples themselves with their question. Why does your rabbi eat with sinners and tax collectors. Self-righteousness is a sin that we must always be on guard against. Too often we may feel that others do not deserve mercy or forgiveness because of what they have done, especially if they have done egregious things to others and especially to us. When we have been hurt by another in such a way, we may even wish misery upon them because of what they had done. And we would even wish this misery in the disguise of a virtue, so that we wish misery upon them so that they may even learn a lesson and grow. But we ourselves would like to be at the table with Jesus. Too often we really find ourselves standing beside the Pharisees, looking on, asking why mercy is being extended to those who we think do not deserve it. But notice here as well, the Pharisees are not cast out either. Jesus gives them a rather gentle rebuke and even calls them to repentance. Jesus says, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Jesus makes it clear that to the Pharisees that he has come as the doctor, 
to those who need medicine given to them. And no good doctor would leave a patient who would come to him without care. Those who are deathly sick need even more than just that of home remedies and over-the-counter medication, right? They need that which touches their deepest need. And sometimes, as we know all too often, that involves surgery, radiation, or some other major procedure that requires skill and a gentle hand. The touch of a doctor gives comfort to those who are greatly sick, as they know they will receive care. And Jesus is the greatest physician of all. He provides care not under a surgical knife or with any sort of machine that is made by man. He provides care by his, giving his people his word, which tells them about themselves and the sickness that they have. The sickness of sin. If it were not for the scriptures, we would not have any idea how sick with sin we really are. If it were not for the scriptures, we would not know what could be done to provide reconciliation with those who have sinned against us and have hurt us deeply. The scripture even tells us the remedy that God provides for sin in his son, Jesus Christ. And that is, the re is what Jesus extends to the Pharisees to learn in Hosea 6.6. 6. For I desire mercy, not sacrifice. God had every right to demand that the Pharisees, just as the Pharisees, that everyone live a completely righteous life. That is, a life without any sin whatsoever. For salvation, that is the standard. Perfection. Perfect righteousness. But God, seeing that our sin ran so deep that there was no way for sinners to escape sin, he showed mercy to us. In the Old Testament sacrifices, the sacrifices that the Pharisees demanded and the laws that were implemented were there not as the remedy, but as a sign to point to the cure for sin. The Old Testament sacrifices, they would never complete the forgiveness of sins. Nothing that we can do can atone for sin. There's no act that we can do that can save ourselves. The mercy that God desires is in his son, Jesus, who would make the ultimate sacrifice so that sin may be forgiven. Jesus shows us his mercy and his death on the cross, and he gives us his body and blood to eat so that we may receive the benefits of his sacrifice. When we repent of our sins and follow Jesus to the cross, we receive the forgiveness of sins and and are reconciled with God in fellowship with God and with one another. The Lord's Supper is one that we do not deserve, but it is the meal that, where we are given mercy and commune together with our Lord. Jesus did not come to give mercy to those who do not need it. As Jesus says, 
I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. He came for sinners like you and like me. And so, sinners, come. Follow and draw near. Recline at the table of the Lord, which he has prepared for you in mercy. Repent of pride and all sin, and receive the mercy and the forgiveness of sins in his body and blood. Receiving here a foretaste of his mercy that is to come, of a meal that will be provided without end one day, and one day soon. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. The peace that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.